When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Affair about uh, WADA some more and uh, the World Anti-Doping Agency. And uh, sounds like they are on their way out with motocross at least and supercross, uh, which I think is a, a big, real big deal. And if you're just joining us, um, I can I can kind of uh, recap that. The, the board, the FIM board has approved a new simplified and speedy procedure for anti-doping tests for the AMA Supercross, and I'm reading from Cycle News right now, an FIM World Championship, the sample collection analysis will be carried out by the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, USADA. Uh, the FIM will be responsible for the rest. Here's the thing. The FIM will be responsible for the rest of the procedure in case of a positive result. So what happens is is you get a, a, you know, a Brock Tickle, who is a factory Red Bull KTM rider, James Stewart, who is the fastest man on the planet. And uh, Christian K- Craig, who is with Geico, Honda. They, these guys were – so now they've been put out to pasture, right? James is never coming back. Brock nope, Tickle – ship has sailed. He don't even – I don't. I mean, I'm sure he still rides, and he's probably still faster than we've – you know, we'd ever imagine being. Uh, he did look like he gained a little weight, but maybe it's just the dreads he's rolling now. Uh, but he's got kids. He's a dad. You know, he's moved on from the sport. But it, it – uh, you know, I mean, the guy just completely, he was, he was so many people's favorite. He was the, he's James Stewart. He's, he's bigger than Tiger Woods. He's bigger than, you know what I mean? He's, he's bigger than Michael Jordan. He's he bigger was than, huge. He's a big, big deal in motorcycle racing and he's gone. And it's, and I truly believe it's because of that. And he just said, you know what? I'm done. And, uh, you know, Brock Tickle, we see him, he's still, he's still working with the teams and, and still doing stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know about Christian Craig, if he's going to be, you know, if he'll, he'll be back, but, um, you know, it's too bad. And I, 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 I really think, um, it's a big deal for our sport. You know, I think the, I think, uh, water sucks and I think they need to be, I think they need to be put out to pasture. So, um, what do we, uh, what do you got PJ? I was going to say, it looks like we got our guest. Oh, we have a guest. It looks like we got our guest. Oh, Nick McFadden's going to join us. Nick McFadden is uh, returned for his second year in the Moto America Supersport Series, but on a new team for 19. He is on Ridiculous Racing and uh, currently in eighth place in the Supersport Series, and he joins us now. Nick, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, pretty good. Just got home from uh, Springfield last night. Just got geared uh, back up, did some laundry, and uh, Garrett Gerloff and Jake Lewis and myself are about to hit the road and head up to New Jersey for the Moto America this weekend. You know, we just had Jake on, and uh, he said Garrett was with him, but he didn't mention you at all. Are you sure yeah, they're going to uh, take you? They're leaving at five, so if they told you six, <laughs> then uh, the, 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 the... So hopefully, hopefully they're taking me. <laughs> How'd Springfield go for you, Nick? Uh, you know, it wasn't as good as we were playing, and I got a Kawasaki 650 last week at Twin, so it was my first weekend on it. But uh, I did some short track riding at J.D. Beach's house last week and felt super good on the bike and uh, 
you know, we were making progress every session there. We were getting uh, further up in the time sheets, and then whenever the heats and semis came around, I knew if I uh, got comfortable on the bike and practicing qualifying, that I could race my way into the main. And I, I was in fifth in the semi, and they take eight to the main, so I was feeling good. And then a red flag came out, actually, and uh, the starter on the twin actually broke on Saturday, so oh. ended up making a restart and uh we were feeling good we were going to be in the main event for sure and then on we had a rain delay for uh sunday so then we went out monday and then blew up the first lap of qualifying so it wasn't a good weekend at all perfect yeah that's great uh yeah that was a it was uh kind of weird uh so I, i was at springfield also and uh i was in my hotel and i heard a little thunder is all but apparently I slept pretty heavy because they said there was like four inches of rain and the track was like literally underwater in the morning. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, there wasn't much rain in the forecast, and then all of a sudden it popped up there for a couple hours on on Saturday night, Sunday morning, and they ended up getting four or five inches, which completely destroyed the track, and they didn't want to get on it just because it was so muddy. So, you know, it's just one of those weekends that, that seems to be always right there, kind of like New Jersey this weekend. It's always like a guarantee that it's going to rain uh, at least one day out of the three that we're racing there. Yeah, what is the forecast? I haven't looked at the forecast, but uh, it's exactly hurricane season, which tends to work its way up the, the East Coast. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, right now it's looking like rain on Friday and good for uh, Saturday and Sunday, but you never know. We're still a couple of days out, so that could change, but uh, the storm's speed slowing down so it may arrive a day later so you never know but I, i'm a flat track guy so you know the rain p- plays into my favor a little bit so i'm kind of hoping it does slow down and maybe rain on saturday or sunday while we're up there you'd prefer a wet race yeah right now I would for sure i mean i'm getting more and more comfortable on the ridiculous racing r6 every week we're getting a little closer to the front i've been uh Hanging on with those guys for the first half of the race the last couple weekends, but right now I feel like I'm a little stronger in the wet, So, and we haven't had a wet race in quite a while, so I'd uh, I'd like to have one this weekend for sure. Yeah, there's a couple other uh, flat track uh, vets out there in your class as well, but I would uh, tend to agree with you, Nick. I think a wet race might favor you, and uh, certainly it is it is what the region's known for this time of year. Uh, this race historically does seem to get wet, but uh, how is, I mean, the team really, ridiculous racing has just come on strong uh, over the past season, season and a half. Uh, what What's changing? I mean, is it just you guys all gelling together, or has there been an infusion of uh dollars or talent talent usually are the are the answers to a team uh moving in the right direction yeah it's a, it's a little bit of both uh everyone seems to be working together really really well right now we had a couple kinks to work out but adam and josh the owners of the team they put so much into it and and uh they've been investing in us all year uh Get, been giving us everything that we need to succeed and and it's showing we're getting stronger and stronger every weekend uh just working with ken hill on my riding they let me come out there during the schools and work with him and then anything we need on the bike they don't hesitate they just get it for us and uh whatever they think or whatever we ask for from them that we need to go faster or get closer to the front they give it to us so it's just an awesome atmosphere to to be in and uh 
they're helping us out quite a bit, giving us everything we need to get the job done. And I assume you're paid mileage when you when you're riding with uh, Jake and Garrett. You uh, they they pay you what sixty cents a mile, and then also all the egg McMuffins that you can eat from the per diem from yeah. si- the per diems all the egg McMuffins you can eat from six to ten thirty when they switch to uh, lunch. I assume. Yeah. That'd be nice. I, I usually get stuck with the whole driving shift, no pay. I'm, I usually fill up all the gas tanks, and then uh, right before we get there, I'm like, hey, you care, you care to bring us on in the last hour or so? And then by that time, I'm tired, so I'll get a little nap in before we get there. If we're going to do something, then they always seem to get a, get a uh, selfie and throw it up online, and I, I look like the bad guy. So You know what, though, Nick? The, the thing is, is, is uh, if you pump and pay for all the fuel – it's for for Jake and for Garrett. It's a lot better for them. It'll not only does it save them money, but it saves them energy. So they'll have they'll have more time to uh, put up those selfies and make you look like the jerk that's sleeping while they did all the driving. So it's uh you know it's a it's it's handy for them. Yeah, no kidding. We're gonna have to see about reversing those roles tomorrow though, because it's a long trip up to New Jersey, and we're leaving at four or five in the morning. So. uh I'm going to take the, the shift on the couch there for a while, at least the first half of the day. You get the, you guys got a race fan going up there, or are you taking somebody's truck? Yeah, uh, Garrett and Jake both have vans, but I think we're taking Garrett's uh, Sprinter van up there, so he's got a couch in the back and two seats up in the front. We got a little movie player in there, so it shouldn't be too bad. That doesn't sound like a bad way to travel, Tony. You got one of those fancy rigs too, don't you? I got a, I got a, thanks to Jesse's brother, a pile of junk Mercedes Sprinter van as well. Uh, every time you uh, go brakes, $1,000. Oil change, $1,000. Um, headlight, uh, bulb burned out, $1,000. It's, uh, it's awesome owning a, a really, Sprinter van. Really big, expensive van. <laughs> and it drives like a, I have a Chevy van that I love to drive. But the Mercedes is pretty handy. You can haul. I can haul five dirt bikes, and it's got the wall. It's got the cabinets in the back, and uh, you can hang your helmets. It's got a broom in there, the whole bit, Nick. And then in the front, I have an RV couch that folds out into a full bed, and a 32 inch TV that's mounted on the on the uh, above the above the giant windshield. So you can actually in the passenger seat or the driver's seat if you're if you're brave enough you can kick your seat back a little bit and watch tv while you're going down the road which is a bad idea it is a bad <laughs> idea but uh it's the first van that i've actually spent real money on and it's sweet it's uh so if you got a little couch you need to tell them to upgrade i got the full bed you can lay down you can you can wake up more rested than when you left are you having to haul bikes too nick or is this uh just the boys in the race uh, van no, I think uh, we're, we're going to stop back in here and grab uh, one of my bikes on the way back to Garrett's house on Monday, but I think he's selling some merchandise this weekend at the races. He's got a bunch of t-shirts and stuff, so if any fans are wanting to buy any 31 swag, I think he's going to have some of that. So I think most of the bikes full of uh, t-shirts and whatever else he has, maybe some hats, and then all of our suitcases. Uh, but yeah, the van's definitely the way to travel. I'm Maybe if I can win a race or two, I'll have enough money to get me one. But it's kind of hard driving around town trying to pick up chicks in a big sprinter van. (laughs) 
I disagree. Yes, yeah. it's, just, it's just a different kind gotta, of chick. You got to hang out at more like the state fairs of the country. Oh. That's where they really get into sprinter vans. Yes. That and is the state uh, fair crowd. The state fair girls are all about them. If you get a mini donut maker in it, ooh. If you, if you can go win the race at the motocross race at the state fair, then they might get in the van. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that is the trick. Maybe that. Maybe that's the trick. Come how on, many, honey. How many more uh, AFT events you gonna? If you gonna be able to pull any more this season, or uh, is it road racing from here out? Uh, I got road racing this weekend, and then the barber finales in two and a half weeks. But. Uh, Besides that, I think I'm going to try to hit Meadowlands Mile, the last race of the season, the weekend after Barber. Uh, I got my engine out of the Twins at 8 to get sent off to get rebuilt, and then I got to get a couple upgrades on my 450, but we should be good to go. Uh, I'm going to be on the road for the next two and a half weeks, so I got somebody here that's, that's helped me out work on the bikes, and we should, uh, should be ready to go for the end of the season there. So you run both the AFT singles and then you're also running the production twins. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I just got a production twin last week, actually. So Springfield was my first time on the twin and the first time on a mile since 2014. So that was a little bit of an eye-opener, but it didn't take me too long to get back up to speed with those guys. Nick, we had Michael Locke on, the CEO of AFT, earlier in this program, and a super good guy. Um, what are your thoughts on the uh, the 16-rider program the 16 team program uh where they buy in i don't know if you're familiar with it but they uh they'll buy in is the idea and uh, they can buy an a level b level or c level depending on how much promotion you want to buy through aft and their commercials and that kind of thing uh and i know people are uh been very vocal about you know how's it going to work it's not going to work um you know they said that about and michael made a good point they they said that about everybody's going to ride a twin no matter what track it is. Or a single. Or a sing- when they yeah. introduced singles, the same people said the same things. This yeah. will never work. Yeah. DTX bikes will never work. You know, we've heard this, and, and you still hear from the old-timers, but what are your thoughts on it, Nick? Do you, do you, do you see that being a, a, a route that, that uh, will be successful for AFT? You know, I'm, I don't want to lean one way or the other just because the same thing you just said. People said that twins aren't going to work or wearing leathers at every single round is stupid. They, everyone has an opinion, you know, but I think it's good. They're basing the series off some other professional series that are successful. Which ones are those? Like F1, I think, has a, a set number of drivers. It's like 22 or something, and uh, it's the same guys every single week, but for uh, some of the smaller guys that say like Davis Fisher that's running his own program versus Jared Mees, I'd say it's going to be a little harder for him to come up with the money to uh, pay for the premier entry at the beginning of the season. I think it's quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of money to come off of early in the early in the year. So you know it benefits some people and not so much the others. But I guess it's going to work out how it's supposed to, and uh, I'm sure that. He's Michael Locke's a smart guy, and, and he's doing what's right for the series, and it's been going up and improving every year, so we'll see what happens. You, I, I agree that he's a smart guy. He absolutely is, and you can't, you can't argue that. Nick, do you get to – do you see um, – I think you – we talked to Jake earlier, J.D., uh, Hayden Gillum. There's a few other riders out there. Rispoli's been out there as – 
Moto America um, racers that are having the opportunity, uh, if you desire, to go out and flat track. You think that's going to continue to be a thing? I mean, uh, we're not talking just a couple guys. There's a fair number of you guys that have, when when possible, taken advantage of some AFT rounds. Do you think you're going to keep doing that going forward? Uh, I don't know about those guys. I know Roger, he's looking at doing quite a bit more AFT maybe next season if uh, he has the right opportunity. But I know myself, that's why I got two bikes now is to dabble back into it. You know, the series is doing really well right now, and that seems like uh, there's a good future in it. So, uh, like I said, I don't know what, what their plans are, but I definitely have uh, plans to do some more American flat track in the future and quite a few more rounds next season. And I, I think it's a great a great way for both series to take advantage of, uh, you know, racers' popularity in the opposing series and certainly is what racers have done historically and, and it really feels like, you know, it's it's bringing some of the American race road racing and, and dirt tracking spirit back into things. Uh, do you find it's, I mean, it's got to be helpful as a training tool if nothing else, right? Yeah, no doubt. We like to, like, uh, there's four or five of us around here that train together every single day, and we like to do cross training. We'll do motocross, flat track, road race, and uh, there's all, there's situations every single weekend, whether you're riding one or the other, that they all benefit from each other. So I think the more you ride, the better, the better you are, no matter what, you're going to be racing that weekend. Amen, brother. Yeah, it works out that way. Um, are you? Are you? Is Rick Diculous bringing you back next year? Has that been decided yet? Yeah, you know we were supposed to uh, talk a couple weeks ago, but we haven't yet. And uh, I think we're just kind of focusing on on the last couple rounds here. And I know my teammate Hayden Gillum is in a championship battle right now, so they're focusing on that. And uh, that looks like it's going to go down to the wire at Barber. So, you know, right now we're just focusing on doing the best we can here at the end of the season, and then uh, we'll figure things out after Barber and and see what the future holds. Sounds like they're dodging you. I don't know. And does Rick Diculous have uh, some (laughs) involvement in your flat track, or is that 100% your own program? Uh, You know, like mostly it's my, my own program. They help me out. Like, I'll go and, and ride with those guys, and they have a dirt track set up now out in California. So, uh, they'll help me on my riding out there. But mostly the funding and stuff is coming from myself right now. And my dad has been helping me out quite a bit as well. Sweet. That's a lot to take on. Well, man, hey, it's, it's been fun having you on. And uh, tell Jake and uh, Garrett to do their share of driving. Jake said that Garrett's a coffee drinker, so he's going to get up early and take the first shift, so you can just uh, – maybe you could sleep in the van tonight, then you don't even have to wake up. Get your blanket and your teddy bear in there and just be packed and ready to go. Hey, that sounds like a heck of a plan. I'll get my, I'll get my baby uh, baby bear tucked in back there with me and get my blanket all set up tonight so nobody can take my spot for the first couple hours tomorrow. Do you really have a baby bear that you sleep with? No, I don't. But I, don't. I might go inside and get one now that you said that. <laughs> state fair. We're back to the state fair. <laughs> Readily available at any state fair across the United States. Actually, truck stops. You can find them at truck stops. I, uh, Dylan, coming home from uh, from Springfield, he got two, I don't know what they look like, some hideous-looking bear things. 
uh, for his kids. So, yeah, it's doable. All right, Jack, take us to break. Nick, it's been fun having you on, okay? Good luck. All right, cool. Thanks. Uh, good talk with you. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back on the other side. It's Pit Pass. Stay tuned. There's more. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.